to Compelling Conversations with Colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today we have with us Anne Haley. Anne is a Managing Assistant City Attorney for the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office. Anne has overseen the city's $20 million outside council budget for the past 16 years. She recently expanded her duties by joining the office's dispute resolution program, where she provides general counsel advice and is part of the community mediation team. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. Anne, tell us a little bit about generally what you do. Well, as you laid out, Catherine, in the intro, and first of all, thank you for having me. I'm very um, pleased to be a part of this um, and to help my colleagues around um, learn a little bit about what it means to work for the community and the public. But so what I do is the city, though we have here in the city of Los Angeles, approaching 500 now city attorneys, um, and we do everything for this. We are the law firm for the city, as you understand. We defend every lawsuit brought against the city. We advise every city department. And here in my office, actually, we have about half of us are criminal prosecutors. We prosecute the misdemeanors for the city of Los Angeles. The DA handles the felonies. But though we are that many in number, we still have the need every now and again to engage a private law firm to assist us. Either we don't have the expertise in-house or the particular resources um, at a time for maybe big class actions or something else that require more lawyers than we have at the time to throw onto a project. And then it falls upon me to retain outside counsel. So I release a request for proposals um, that goes out on the city contracting site and receive the responses, review them, interview the law firms along with the lawyers in the office who would have been doing you know, for instance, the particular work that we are retaining outside counsel for, and then contract with the firms, put kind of put my negotiation skills to work, such as they are, to, <laughs> to get a good rate for the city, and then just basically oversee the work of the law firms as they do work for us as outside counsel. Very good. And how long have you been with the office? For 16 and a half years. Who's counting? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Now, right after law school, you headed into private practice. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, So I was up at Stanford Law School, and those were the late 80s, and times were good. So there were recruiters, you know, that came up to Stanford, and I did a summer, a second-year summer internship at Wyman, Boutzer, Keekland, Silbert, Um, then a 40-year-old law firm with about 120 lawyers, entertainment firm, and got the offer. So I joined that law firm after graduation um, in 1987. Um, Wonderful firm. Uh, And it was in Century City. And just, you know, that's where I learned how to to do what we do. In the the litigation division, I was interested in entertainment law, um, an old ballerina. And when I decided that perhaps I would not be able to be on stage. I figured I'd represent people who were on stage. I could live it vicariously through them. <laughs> so I started in entertainment law. Um, but then as, as fate and, as I said, the, the change in the business would have it, that firm dissolved in the early 90s along with so many. Um, and 
actually went from there to the law offices of Johnny Cochran. Um, I was working with a partner at Wyman, and as the firm was dissolving, actually, we were trying to find representation for some of our clients, and the partner with whom I was working sent me to Johnny Cochran, hoping that Johnny would take the client, and Johnny listened patiently to, you know, my saga of, of you know, the, the client's predicament and said, well, I don't want him, but I'll take you, <laughs> which was great because we young associates at Wyman at that time were all looking for what our next place to land would be, given what was happening at the firm. So I went from Wyman Bowser Keekland Silbert to the law offices of Johnny Cochran. Wow, that's a great story. Yes. And um, tell us generally about... Uh, what entertainment lawyers do is it is it mostly negotiating contracts well yes at least in the context of a large law firm where i was it primarily was the negotiation of contracts um and you know and that type type of learning was good because even as i again left that firm and then after i was no longer working for johnny who hired me to help start his entertainment division by the way you know um but after I did that work and started actually having my children, when I had my first daughter, I worked from home for a time. And having done the entertainment work allowed me to hang out that proverbial shingle. And I did some contract work for studios and for um, some independent movie makers, you know, just independently having attained, obtained that knowledge. And you also served as a consultant on a nationally syndicated legal talk show. Can you tell us about that and how you how you landed that job? Well, yes, that was actually the Jones and Jury show. Um, as I'm sure everyone remembers it. No, actually, it lasted but a season, sadly. But this is, you know, the the nature of that business. But Star Jones was actually the the star, <laughs> literally and figuratively, of that show. It was a people's court type show where star um what the show was we arbitrated actually small real small claims court cases um and star who had come from the brooklyn da's office and was actually pegged to come do the show by group w um a company that that produced the show and to her credit i think star said she wanted an african-american woman as she is and as i am to be her legal consultant on the show. Um, and you know what, Catherine, sometimes it's good to be the only one they know because a friend of mine at Group W and former colleague, she was a co- former colleague from Wyman Bouncer, said, I have someone to recommend, and she did. And so that's how I ended up um, serving as legal consultant, again, on, on the show, which only lasted a year, but it was fun while it lasted, again, giving me the opportunity not over not only to employ my legal skills, but also gave me a little taste of that entertainment that I, you know, had an interest in. So that was great. Right. Yes. So what made you decide to change gears and join the ranks of government practice after that? Well, really, it was a lifestyle shift. Um, One of the things we know, certainly, um, about private law firm work and certainly independent um, legal work um, are the demands, you know, that that can be on one's time. And once again, as I was starting my family, I have my husband and I have three children. Um, 
I wanted to spend more time with them. And an opportunity. I've been so blessed when it comes to how my jobs have come to me. This position too was um, I was kind of recommended for, and the then city attorney Rocky Delgadillo was wanting to put together his management team. Um, so the the city of Los Angeles, the city charter here allows the city attorney to basically appoint, I believe it is six special assistants, um, because most of our lawyers come up through the ranks, you know, as deputies, one, two, three, four, and then assistants. Um, and so I had the great opportunity to come in to the office in that way. Um, and that that opportunity is what caused me to say, maybe I will leave my babies. <laughs> they were babies at that point, but and and get back into the workforce full time. And it's been a great, great decision. Great. So what's the best thing about your job? That the one that you have right now is as um managing a, a managing city attorney. Yes. Well I really appreciate the fact that it sounds contrived, but it's true that we are the people's lawyers. You know, we we represent not just the city entity, but as we look at it, the all of the residents of Los Angeles. Um, and there's something about that that really appeals to me. Um, maybe, I mean, it is in my blood. My father was a public servant, um, served in the state senate in Kansas, where my brother now serves, and then went on to, to work under several presidents, actually, as an appointee. So there is something very satisfying about, again, serving the public. And in what I do, managing outside counsel, I'm particularly um, preserving the city coffers because uh, much of what I do has to do with funding. And and so I like to think of the fact that I'm preserving city monies and, and, and the taxpayer dollars that our citizens and and pay and and also making sure that this city has the best representation possible. I mean, we th- we think we've got the best lawyers here, but sometimes we can't do it all. So it falls upon me to find great partners in the private sector to help us do that. So, Catherine, and another another best thing, if you can have more than one best thing about my current job, is really, and it you know sounds however it does, but it's true, is working for this city attorney. I mean, Mike Fuhr has brought in such um, a wealth of goodwill, if you will, um, certainly with, with our clients, the city council and mayor and others, and it's just been a pleasure to really work under his leadership. And one of the things that you may well know is that um, our office reserved, re- received the ABA's Hudson Award just last year. That's um, right. Yes, which I understand we're the first city attorney's office to be so recognized, and I think it's well-deserved. Absolutely, very yeah. well-deserved. Yeah, we appreciated it. <laughs> On the flip side, what is the most challenging thing about your job? Well, it's funny. So those things are kind of related, the... the um Best mm-hmm. things and the most challenging, as as is often the case, I guess. Um, because we are the people's lawyers, um, you know, we 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 have a standard 
um, to live up to that, that I would hope that all lawyers do. But, um, you know, there's a transparency. You know, you've got to stay on your toes all the time. Um, and then, you know, what else is challenging, but this is on a more personal level, that I've been on the other side, if you will. You know, so now I'm a public lawyer, but I've been a private lawyer. And even as I'm negotiating contracts, you know, or reviewing these invoices, I know the pressures of billing, you know, that we hear about sometimes for younger associates or, or for anyone. So sometimes these invoices that I review reflect <laughs> those kind of pressures. And and I have to say, wait a minute now. That's mm-hmm. a lot of that's a lot of hours spent on. <laughs> um, so, but the challenges, and when I talk of them as being kind of internal and personal, because I've been on both sides, you know, of of that. So I understand private law firms needing to meet their um, cost demands and all that. But but I'm again protecting the city coffer, so I have to sometimes even argue against myself in some ways. Um, and then, you know, if if I may, as you pointed out, it's this new work of mine, where um, because actually the the chief of staff calls me in um, a little while ago, about a year ago now, and says, "Is there anything else in the office you ever thought about doing?" And and I said, "Oh my goodness, what are you saying?" <laughs> no, but no, but it's, it's the beauty of this office. Um, and she continued by saying she thought we could use um, my skills in additional ways um, for the office because what one of the great, great advantages of working in a public law office is at least this one for sure, there's so many different things you can do. I mean, we, again, we are the law firm for the city, so we do everything from land use and real property to intellectual property and um, bonds, finance, tax, uh, and again, advice, contracts of every type. We, I handle our outside counsel contracts, but our lawyers negotiate every contract the city enters into. And you can imagine, that's from widgets to, for goodness sake, Olympic stadium work, you know. So it's a, a lot of work, but people, lawyers can move around within the office and, and staff people right. as well. And so you can really get a taste of a lot of different things. So to my great joy, in addition to managing outside counsel, I'm also now working in our dispute resolution program. And so the city attorney's office here in Los Angeles offers a no-cost service to all city residents of a mediation So or mediation. So if you have a dispute with a neighbor, a landlord or tenant, um, a service provider, um, you can just call the office and enter into a mediation. I got obviously assuming the other side agrees to it. And we have trained mediators who are just volunteers from the city. We have a training program, and I went through that program as well. Um, and now I'm making myself into a mediator. The The part of that that really drew me to the program is that we also have a community police unification program. Those are mediations that take place between community members and police officers. Oh, because one of our major clients, of course, is the LAPD. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and the LAPD um, sends over complaints that have been filed to us in our dispute resolu- resolution program. And if the officer agrees and the community member agrees, we will mediate that dispute 
And the beauty of that is, I mean, this program to me is one of the finest that we have, certainly, um, is that oftentimes the community member just needs or wants to be heard, you know, and, and the complaint system has been the way to do that within the LAPD. But through this program, they have an audience with the officer, and these are, are complaints of bias or discourtesy. You know, um, I don't even like to, to categorize them as the lower-level complaints because to the person who's filing it, it's, it's serious. There's nothing low-level about it. But but we cannot handle, do not handle more serious complaints. I obviously have to go through the internal affairs process. Right. But, but to see, Catherine, the kind of um, understanding that can come about when a community member is hearing a police officer explain what he or she is required to do under the law or, you know, by training. For instance, when they pull someone over um, and then to see maybe even more impactfully um, a police officer hear this community member say, you made me feel like less than a person or, you you know, whatever the, the complaint is. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's transformative. Um, so I love being a, a part of those and I feel that those mediations are and will continue to go a long way towards improving community police relations in our city and maybe beyond, which is the goal of those. So I'm loving that. What is your proudest work-related accomplishment? Oh, my goodness. Well, with regard to the dispute resolution, um really seeing a recent um, mediation come to a resolution where um, both sides were very pleased with the outcome. It was a a woman being displaced, if you want to call it that, by, by the purchase of a building, you know, and having to be relocated. But to see both sides of that, you know, the new property owner and the tenant being able to be pleased with the outcome um, really gave me great pleasure. I'm thinking I may be a better mediator than I am lawyer because I'm more about seeing what both sides are coming to to an amicable agreement versus, you know, necessarily being the winner, the all-out winner every time. Right, right. So, Anne, tell us something no one knows about you. Well, I don't know about no one because I've already spilled the beans with some, but I am... Um, Alex Haley was my uncle. I'm the the niece of Alex Haley who wrote Roots. Um, my father, George Haley, was his younger brother. There are three Haley sons, Alex, George, and Julius. Um, wow. And, yeah. Um, and that is a matter of great pride for me. I'm making me the great, 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 great granddaughter of Kunta Kinte. That's amazing. Ah, it's it's pretty exciting. And and now but the so people know that, but what a lot of people don't yet know is that I am working in my spare time of which I have not much. I am um writing myself uh what I like to think of as kind of the next saga um in the family's story. And um I've been actually doing that for some time. I'm blessed to say that I have um, Roots was was first published by the Reader's Digest in um, not in, obviously in its complete form, but excerpts um, because Uncle Alex, my Uncle Alex wrote for the Reader's Digest as well, and he 
gave me when I was in my teens. You know, as you know, Roots was published in 1976. Um, and Uncle Alex gave me a copy of the Reader's Digest um, excerpt. And in it, he wrote, to my beloved niece Anne, the next great writer in the family. And cool. wow, no no pressure. <laughs> Um, no, but but the thing is, it's it's a great dream of mine to um, to I have begun it, but to finish that. But just I mean, I and I do feel it's almost a responsibility to to add to that saga, and and it begins, if if I may, with my father, um, who I told you earlier was um, himself a public servant um, and served under several presidents, but under. Um, President Clinton actually appointed my father the U.S. ambassador to the Gambia, which is the country Kunta Kinte came from. Right. So in his Clinton-esque way, he sends the great-great-great-great-grandson back as a, dip- as a diplomat to the very country from whence his ancestors were enslaved. So that's how I opened my book. So that, that's the, the um, what do we call it, the cliffhanger. That's how the book opens. Right. And um, it's a memoir. Um, and... So that's that's my secret. Now, secret no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is fantastic and we we wish you all the best writing it and we cannot wait to read it when it comes out. So, well, thank yeah. you. I'll make sure you know when. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Anne, and thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to learn more about the ABA's Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, go to www.governmentlawyer.org.